The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. If you would, take your Bibles to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers, we're going to be in two passages this morning. First of all, we'll start in Numbers chapters 13 through 15, and then we will move over to Psalm 90 here in just a few a few moments. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to hear the preaching of your word. And I pray uh, this morning that each of our hearts and lives will be open to the truths of Scripture. I know that there's a lot going on with um, semester exams and those type of things going on. But I pray that you'd help us to put those things aside and focus truly on our spiritual walk with you. And we thank you for the work that your Spirit's going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, most of our lives is made up of responses to situations or circumstances uh, that come along in our life. When we look at the lives of people uh, from the past, we often know them based on not the circumstances or the situations of their life, but how they respond to those situations in life. What do I mean by that? First of all, think about Adam and Eve. They were presented with an opportunity and we know them based on their response to the temptation uh, by the, the serpent. When we think about Cain and Abel, they came before God, both of them with their sacrifice or both of them with their offering, I should say. And Cain becomes upset with his brother Abel because his offering was more acceptable. And then in a few verses later, we find because of his anger against his brother, he responds by killing him. You think about the life of Noah. We know Noah and the ark and we know the story, but the truth is the Bible tells us that Noah did all that God had commanded him. And so when God presented him with something, with a job to do, Noah responded appropriately. We think about Abraham. Abraham was called to go into a foreign land, into a land he did not know where God was going to take him. And the Bible tells us that that Abraham went. And then we find that Abraham makes his way to Egypt and he gets there and, and uh, the, the, the rulers look at his wife and, and think she's a pretty lady. And so Abraham is nervous about that. And so he responds by basically lying about his relationship with, with Sarah. You think about David. We know David um, mostly because of two main stories in his life. We see David and Goliath, and Goliath is uh, mocking God and the children of Israel, and David responds with faith and stands up for the name of God. But later we find that David walks out and he sees Bathsheba. And in that opportunity, he had the, the, in that moment, he had the opportunity to respond one way or the other. And he responds by looking and lusting after this lady and ultimately responds in sin. Paul responds to the Lord on the road to Damascus by saying, Lord, what will you have me to do? If we were to examine the lives of any of us here today, you would see the same is true for us. We are made up of the responses to certain situations and circumstances 
in our life. We all have different backgrounds and have navigated through different life's situations. Some of you here today come from what the world calls a broken home. Others come from what society calls a traditional home. Some of you come from maybe a, a, an upper middle class family or a wealthy family, while others come from a family that's not as well off financially. And we all come to this place together this morning with, with different backgrounds. I come from a single parent home. My mom was an unbeliever my whole life. And when I was 16 years old, my mom went to, to prison. And ultimately, I would find myself being adopted into a new family. Our circumstances don't necessarily define us as much as our response to those circumstances. And so this morning, I want to ask you the question, how do you respond to major issues and circumstances and situations in life. I want us to look at the life of Moses and particularly examine his response to some difficult situations. So we're in Numbers chapter 13. The Bible tells us in verse number one, the Lord spake unto Moses saying, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers. And so Moses is given a command by God and and I'm going to walk through 13 just so we can get to 14 and 15 here in in just a moment. But Moses is told by God, I want you to spy out the land. And so you're going to call out men from the different tribes and you're going to go and have them go spy out the land that I have given you. And that's a very important point because God doesn't tell them, go out and see if we can take the land, see if you can conquer the land. But he says, I want you to go out and see and spy out the land that I have given you. And so Moses follows through with that. Moses sends out the 12 spies and they go and we know that they come back and the Bible tells us that they come back and 10 of them said, there's no way that we can take this land. But two of them said, we can do it. In the power of God. And so that brings us then to Numbers chapter 14 in the story there. And beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. As we examine the, the life of Moses, there's a couple of realities in his situation that I believe are true of our lives today. And so there's four realities to life that you face, that Moses faces in this same story. And I want you to see them. Number one, the reality is that not everyone will be as faithful to God as you are. Not everybody that is in your room, not everybody in your collegiate, not everybody on this campus, not everybody at the place of business, not everybody back home in the Christian school or the public school that you went to is going to be as faithful to God as you are. Some are going to question God's word. So we see that here in this passage. Remember, God said, go and spy out the land that I'm going to give you. And then these, the children of Israel, they question and they challenge God at his word. They, they don't trust him. They don't put their faith into what God says, but they, they disregard his word. And we're going to face people like that every day. Some are going to live in fear in this world. 
Some are going to live by sight rather than faith. And so the spies go off into the land and they come back and they said, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. But the problem is, is that they lacked faith because God said, I'm going to give you this land. I have the opportunity to coach high school basketball and oftentimes we'll play a school and and there will be kids that will use bad language on the other team have bad attitudes and and I'm sure that if you've played in any sports you've seen that as well and and sometimes after the game we'll be in the locker room and 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 one of my boys will say something like I thought that I thought they were supposed to be Christians you know wouldn't it be great if every Christian lived according to the Bible well, I mean, wouldn't it be great if every Christian did exactly what God told them and, and characterized their life after Scripture and, and wanted to uh, live like Jesus Christ? Man, it would be amazing on this campus if everybody would say, you know what, I'm going to disregard uh, the philosophies of the world. I, I'm, I'm going to choose to live according to the Bible. But reality is, is that it's not true. Hey, listen, I went to school here. I sat right where you're sitting and, and I had friends that that left and went off into the ways of the world and chose to do things in their own power and their own strength. The reality is, is we live in a world that has fallen. And not everybody is going to want to serve God as much as we do. Number two, I want you to see from this passage, however, we are not alone. We are not alone in in serving God. Sometimes we can lose sight of the fact that there are other people that that love God. You know, on this campus, there are other people, if you want to serve God, there are other people that want to serve God and want to do right. In Numbers chapter 14, look at verse 6. Moses and Aaron are distraught, but God tells us in his word that Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spank unto the, chil- the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring, it, bring us into the land to give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. And sometimes we can be discouraged like Moses and Aaron as they, they, they bow themselves before the congregation. But the truth is, is Moses and Aaron were not alone. They had Caleb and Joshua. But more importantly than that, they had the presence of the Lord. I mean, I love being a Christian in the days which we live in today. I, I know a lot of people are discouraged about society today, but you know, we live in the church age. And the Bible tells us that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. That means everywhere we go, God is with us. And he has promised us in his word that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter to me if, if everybody else in, around me is serving God or not. I, I know that other people are. But more importantly, I know that God has given me a command and I'm going to serve him and go with him and he's going to go with me. I don't have to live in this world by myself. That's one thing that we see in the life of of Moses. Listen, the multitudes of people wanted to turn their back on what God had said. But Aaron, Joshua and Caleb were there with him. Can I encourage you with this? Find some friends that want to serve God. Surround yourself with people that love the Lord and, and, and want to encourage you in your walk with God. Hey, how about this? Why don't you be a friend that encourages other people to walk with God? We all need people. And listen, it's, it's, this is a great place to be at this time of your life. Build relationships. Back home in Indiana, one of my best friends from college, um, for some reason, we hated each other our freshman year. And... Um, he says it's because I was arrogant, but I say it was because he was arrogant. And, um, but 
our sophomore year, we became best friends. We were in each other's wedding, and, and about four years ago, he moved from North Carolina to Indiana to work with us. And man, man he has been such an encouragement to me in my life. And he helped me um, grow in my faith and pushed me to, to serve God more. And he even challenged me at times, maybe when I got off track a little thing. Hey, those are the type of people we need in our life. And those are the people we need to surround ourselves with here while we're at college. And they'll be a great help to you in your life. The, second, the third thing I want you to see in Moses' reality is there are consequences for our actions. There are consequences for our actions. We're going to jump down, for sake of time, all the way to verse 22. The Bible says, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. So God says, Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and he hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. And so we see here the consequences because of the actions of these people. God refers here to the fact that they had seen, they saw the works of God and they still failed to trust him. There were many amazing moments, if you stop and look at their history, going from being able to leave Egypt, crossing the Red Sea. I mean, just God had worked in their hearts and in their lives and and had protected them and provided for them. And over and over they saw his hand and yet they failed to trust him. There are consequences for our actions. They will not be able to enter into the promised land. You know, we want to run around and sin and think like it's no big deal. But God's word is very clear that sin brings destruction. And we're we're not going to be able to live in sin and think God is going to wink at it. God knows where you are and he knows how you're living. He knows your attitudes. He knows the way that you think. He knows the things that you're involved in. And there is going to be consequences for our sin. And be sure your sin will, will find you out. But the problem is we live in the society where we think, well, there should be no consequences for our actions. And that's what the world thinks. You can do whatever you want. Listen, you can go out in our society today, run somebody over with your car, the next day be out on the street. You can kill somebody and then be out on the street. That's the society that we live in. Hey, listen, God does not work like the federal government does today. All right, God's word is true and God is going to deal with sin. And there are consequences for, the, for our actions, whether it's blessings because we're honoring and serving God or cursings or judgment because we're sinning against God. And so there are consequences for our actions. But this is the main point that I want to get to before we move to Psalm 90. And you'll see the connection here in just a moment. The fourth reality that Moses faces here and that we face as well is that you will suffer consequences because of the actions of others. You will suffer consequences because of the actions of others. We read verses 22 through uh, 24, and I want you to think about it for just a moment. Moses, Caleb, and Joshua, and Aaron all wanted to go into the promised land. But the multitude cried against them, even to the point where they wanted to get rid of Aaron and Moses... And so God brings judgment upon these folks. And guess what? Moses, Caleb, Aaron, and Joshua had to wait to go into the promised land. Moses, because of his actions later, will never enter 
the promised land. You realize if they would have trusted God and went into the promised land, Moses would have never struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to it. And so Moses had to go and wander in the wilderness. Joshua, who trusted God and believed him, had to go in and wander in the wilderness. Caleb, who believed God, had to go in and wander in the wilderness for these 40 years, just like everybody else. You know, sometimes we suffer in this world because of the actions of others. One time when I was home in college, we were on Christmas break and, and um, my parents were in Alabama at the time. My dad was pastoring there and, and we were home and my sister was home visiting um, with her uh, brand new baby, was just about less than one year old. And we were driving to church, just my sister and I and her baby was in the back seat. And, and we got to the church and you had, to, coming from the direction we were in, you had to turn left uh, into the parking lot. And so we stopped and we were waiting for uh, the cars to come by this way and and all of a sudden we were hit from behind, um, stopped there, hit from behind uh, by this big monster truck going about 50 miles an hour and uh, sent us off into a, a ditch and um, the windows of the car just busted out. I remember uh, having no clue what was going on and there was just a 16-year-old boy who was driving down the road playing with his radio and never even saw us stop. My sister had to go through many different surgeries and has rods in her back and uh, because of the actions of, of somebody else. Sometimes in life, we have to suffer consequences because of the actions of others. And this is what we say, you know, that's, that's not fair. That's not fair. When I was first out of college, I was a youth pastor in Birmingham, Alabama and a basketball coach. And the pastor came to me right before uh, the school year started in August. And he said, hey, we lost a teacher. And so we're going to need you to teach uh, four more classes in the Christian school. And so you're going to teach seventh grade math, eighth grade math, seventh grade history and eighth grade history. And uh, I said, great, junior high classes. And, And I learned the seventh grade class motto was that's not fair. That was, you know, that's the motto of our society today. That's not fair. You know, we live in a fallen world and we deal with fallen people all the time. And on a regular basis, I have to suffer the consequences and deal with decisions or actions based on other people. But, you know, the issue isn't necessarily those actions or those decisions as much as it is for me, my response. Moses was never able to go into the promised land. It wasn't his fault. He was ready to go. He was ready to trust God. He, he, he had millions of people turn against him and he had to suffer the consequences because of these people. I want you to turn now to Psalm 90. The realities of life, not everyone is going to be as faithful to God as you are. But the truth is you're not alone. There are others that want to serve God and God is always present with you. The third reality is there are consequences for our actions. And then fourthly, you will suffer consequences because of the actions of others. So when we face these realities and we, as we go through this life, how are we going to respond? Many people become bitter and angry. I'm I'm just not going to go to church. It's not fair. It's not right. Why am I being treated like this? But other people respond correctly and flourish in their Christian life and in their walk with God and their service for him. 
Psalm 90, and the reason we're turning here, is a psalm that was written by Moses. We don't know the exact time that Moses wrote this psalm, but it's believed by most conservative scholars that he wrote it somewhere towards the end of the wilderness wanderings. And so here was a guy who, by all intents and purposes, should have been able to go into the land and enjoy the fruit of the land, but had to suffer the consequences of not being able to go based on the actions of the people of Israel. But I want you to see how Moses responds to particularly God first and foremost in Psalm 90. Look with me at verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. The first thing we see in Moses' life, that he reflected on who God is. Moses wasn't as much as concerned about the circumstances and the situations and even the place that he lived. He was mostly concerned about his relationship with God. And so he says to him, God, you are our dwelling place. That means, God, no matter where I am, your presence is my home. God, I am resting assured that no matter where I am, whether I'm in the wilderness or I'm in the promised land, you are there with me. And see, because Moses understood who God is. You know, many Christians lose sight of that today. We're so wrapped up in the circumstances of our life, the trials, the difficulties, or even in the excitement and the joys and the victories that we have in life, we lose sight of who God is. My friend, can I tell you today, don't ever forget, don't ever forget who God is and how he's blessed you and helped you and brought you to the place that you are and has never forsaken you. Moses, in the middle of these wanderings in the wilderness, said, God, you, you are my dwelling place. He also reflects on the fact that God is eternal in verses 1 and 2. He reflects on the fact that that God is creator. It's so easy to lose sight that we serve an amazing God who is always there to be with us. And the same God that created this world is the same God that loves you and loves me personally. He knows where you are and he cares about you. And so we see first and foremost, Moses reflected on who God is. Number two, then he realized our sinfulness. He realized his sinfulness. Look with me at verse three. He says, thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, return ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past as and as a watch in the night, thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up, and everlast, ever, excuse me, in the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is a told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear? So is thy wrath. 
Moses understood the sinfulness of man. It was the sinfulness of man that brought death in the first place. And he references here how short life is and how we all die and wither because of our sinfulness. No matter how great you think you are, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And Moses here talks about the wrath of God and the fact that he is our judge. And one day we will all stand before him. And so the proper response to this life and to the circumstances of this life, number one, reflect on God. Number two, realize our sinfulness. You know, we question sometimes, God, why is this happening? You know, it's not God as much as our sinfulness that causes these things. It is amazing how often we make bad decisions and we go off in sinfulness and then we want to blame God for the consequences of that sin. Moses realized and understood it was the sinfulness of the nation of Israel that brought them to the wilderness wanderings and put them in their place. It wasn't God that caused that. God wanted to bless them if they would have honored him and obeyed him and lived by faith rather than sight. And so Moses realized that really the consequences of his actions are their own fault. Are you willing to own up to that? That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's amazing how you get caught and then it's like, oh, we kind of stammer and stutter. Oh, but, 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 but nothing. But, but, but it's not my fault. It's my roommate's fault. It's my neighbor's fault. It's my sibling's fault. It's somebody else's fault. And we always want to blame other people. But Moses said, listen, when we examine our life, we realize we are sinful people and we cause this. We cause this here. And so it brings us to our third and final point under Psalm 90. The proper response to, the, to, to these situations and realities of life is reflect on who God is, realize our sinfulness, but then most importantly, seek God. Seek God. Verse 12, he says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. As we seek God, we are to seek his wisdom. Refers to the idea of biblical discernment. That's why the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord and our, with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding. Our understanding oftentimes is opposite of, of biblical wisdom. And we need to quit looking to our heart and, and our mindset and our way of thinking and go to the Bible and say, God, what does your word say? That's what I want to do in my life. We need to seek God and seek his wisdom in our life. And I'll be honest with you, if we're willing to follow God's word and God's plan, it would stop a lot of the issues that we have in our own life. It would take away a lot of the struggles that we face if we would simply get over ourselves and come to the word of God and say, God, we want what you have for us. He goes on to say, we need to seek, in seeking God, we need to seek his mercy. Verse 13, return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Moses is seeking the mercy of God. Moses sought basically God's compassion based on his promises. We didn't have time to go through it, but if you were to go through those Chapters and Numbers 13 through 15, Moses and God are going to have a conversation. And God said, listen, I'm going to judge these people because of their iniquity, because of their sinfulness. And Moses says to God, we, we don't, we, you don't need to do that because we want to honor and glorify you before, before the nations. And it was based on Moses' prayer and Moses seeking God's mercy and compassion for the nation of Israel that they even had the opportunity to wander for these 40 years. Moses was seeking God's mercy 
And he understood that they deserved God's judgment. But based on his promise and God's or God's promise to them, Moses continued to seek that mercy. And he also sought joy. He sought joy. Notice there he says we can be glad. We can be glad even where we are right now. He says in verse 14 that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Moses believed that if he sought God and the nation of Israel sought God, they could have joy even in the midst of the wilderness wanderings. You know, so often we we're constantly looking to the future. I have a 13 year old son and he can't wait to be 16. Everybody knows why that is, right? He wants to drive. I mean, and once you turn 16, what, what do you want next? Well, I want to be 18 and, and I want to go to college. And once you get to college, man, I want to, I want to, I want to graduate from college and have a career. I mean, I want to get married and I want to have children. And we're constantly looking for something else to make us happy and to bring us joy. We're never satisfied with where we are right now. And Moses said, listen, we brought ourselves to this place. And he said, but God, we can find joy in serving you. We can find joy right where we are if we'll turn to you and live for you and honor you with our life, even in this, in the place that we are right now. You know, some of you, no doubt, are going to go through some tragic situations in life. I don't know where God's going to take you and what life is going to bring, but you're going to have some difficulties. Can I encourage you with the fact that you're going to have joy? You can have joy in those moments. When I was in grad school here, my oldest son, uh, he's seven, he'll be 17 this next month, and, and he was born over at Sacred Heart. And um, when he was about 10 days old, he had to have his first surgery, and we learned that if we would have taken him home from the hospital, he would, he would, have, he would have died and not made it back to the hospital. And, and he has some health issues, and uh, he's our special needs son. And, and I remember going through those days, and, and I was just thinking, I mean, this is our first child, and um, my wife and I were excited about having this child, and I was just broken over the fact, seeing him in the hospital, and all these wires and tubes coming out of him, knowing that he was going to have this surgery and other surgeries to come and I just knew that in the next days that he was he was going to die and here I was in seminary studying to be a pastor and want to serve and minister and and I remember um, my wife looking at me in my despair and telling me God's in control and we need to trust him you know what my reaction was in that moment listen lady don't preach to me all right, I'm dealing with this. I'm having this struggle. And, and, and listen, we get so focused on the circumstances and the situation and we forget that God is there. And I'm so grateful for her faith and her encouragement in those moments, reminding me that at least no matter what life brings to me, God is still there and I can find my joy and my gladness in him. And that's where Moses is in his life. Here we're wandering in this wilderness. We're going through these struggles but God, we can find joy and gladness in you. And then finally, Moses, as he's seeking God, he seeks to serve. Verse 16, he says, let thy work appear unto thy servants and the glory unto their children and let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Moses knew that through their lives they could bring God glory. Hey, he understood life was short. You have this opportunity that God has given you to live this life. But it's not always going to go the way that you want. Many of you have plans. 
When I came to college, I had plans. I knew exactly how my life was going to look, and I, I had it all laid out, and, and I was going to marry the girl that sat next to me in chapel the first day, my freshman year, and you know we were going to go out and serve God. And we, everybody comes and has all these dreams and these plans, and, and guess what? Very rarely does it work out that way. How are we going to respond when our plans don't work out? How are we going to respond when tragedy comes into our life? How are we going to respond when difficulties come? How are we going to respond in those moments of victory and great joy in our life? Moses responded by reflecting on who God is. No matter where you are in life, never forget that God loves you. and God knows where you are and he cares about your life. Realize your sinfulness. If we confess our sin... He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then seek God. Seek God. Hey, if you're going through something because of the actions of other people, reflect on God. Seek God's face. Don't become bitter and angry and give up on, uh, on what God has for you in your life. Simply seek Him. You know, they say your circumstances really make up who you are. The situations in life, how you've been brought up, that really makes up who you are. I want to challenge you with, it's probably more than that. It's really your response to those circumstances that really is going to determine who you are and what you do for God in the coming days. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.